0: Welcome back, dudes and dudettes. This is episode 105 of The Anxious Truth. Today, the topic is driving anxiety, specifically anxiety and panic while driving on the freeway or the motorway or the highway or whatever it is you call it where you live. You know that thing where there's a zillion cars on the road, four and five lanes each direction, and everybody's going super fast? That that thing. We call it a highway or a freeway here, but in, in the UK, I you know you call them motorways. Um, So we specifically talked, this is my friend Jay and I, we recorded this uh, about 10 days ago, I would say. Uh, Jay's from Los Angeles. He is one of the admins in the Facebook group. He gives generously of his time and experience. I appreciate that. And uh, Jay had contacted me with a specific question about anxiety and panic while driving on the highway or the freeway. And we chatted about it for a little while. And We both agreed that it would make a good podcast topic. So we took it into the Facebook group, which you're about to listen to was recorded, it it was a live Q&A video. So we did live video in the Facebook group and a bunch of people joined in and, and asked questions. So you're going to hear Jay and I talk specifically about driving on the highway or the freeway, while experiencing anxiety or panic, and then you're going to hear us take questions from the group. So it's about 20-25 minutes, I think it's pretty informative. There's not a lot to say about this it's a, it's a pretty basic, you'll see the premise of what we talked about, comparing acknowledging the danger of driving, you know, the, the actual danger of driving on a freeway. But then, brain reining that in with the reality of what you're actually able to do, even when you're anxious. So, hopefully, this will shed some light on it. I know there are many people who have this particular fear of driving on a freeway or a highway. They're worried about what will happen if they panic while they do it. This one is for you. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, if you're not in the Facebook group, by the way, theanxioustruth.com slash links, follow the link to the Facebook group, will get you in there. Uh, if you ask to join, I hope this will be helpful to you. I will see you at the tail end of the episode to wrap it up and uh, enjoy. So we're going to have a little chat about freeway, not specifically driving anxiety, but driving on the freeway.
1: Yes. Yeah. Here's here's why I contacted Drew um, a few days ago because this has been an ongoing challenge for me, and I see it pop up in in the group a lot. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to have this conversation with you, but can we talk? Let's let's open it up to everybody. He was like, yeah, this is a common thing. Let's talk about it. Yep. So here's my point, Drew, and I'm going to argue the frustration I have with this issue. Yes. In brief, for people who don't know me, I had my first panic attack in 2004. Uh, went for many years was just being increasingly anxious, but not really identifying or knowing that I had a disorder. Um, just very slowly trimming things out of my life, very slowly over a period of years, until one day I was in full anxiety crisis. And I looked back and I realized how small my life had gotten. One big piece of that was not being able to drive on the freeway without having a panic attack, which felt extraordinarily dangerous to me. Now, the reason I, I, I contacted you uh, the other day, Drew, was I had another uh, panic attack on the freeway. I'm mostly recovered. Like I can go to the grocery store. I can, get, I can do a lot of the things that I had stopped doing. I go to movies again. I meet friends for dinner and eat in a restaurant where I can't escape. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of the things that I had trimmed out of my life sometimes i'm very anxious but now i have the tools to work with them the one place that feels like an exception is driving on the freeway now i'm not talking about just driving around town driving around town i got in order pretty quickly because logically i always know i can pull over pretty much any time it's very easy and not dangerous to pull over in town Mm -hmm. on the freeway especially i live in los angeles so if you're in an urban area especially when you have a bunch of congestion that's all going around seventy miles an hour or mm-hmm. more. It's it's very frightening to feel like your faculties are being diminished. We're taught from the time we're learned to drive that you must pay attention, you must focus, you must be alert. The kind of alert that I get into when I'm in, a, in an anxiety attack. Well, right. this it really does say it. I mean, it's I I am the rubber chicken driving a car. I'm in, I'm in a state of mild hysteria. Here's what happened the other day, Drew. So I'm driving along and one of, okay, I I will start getting lately shooting headaches while I'm driving, which are pulsing headaches. I know that's a tension thing in my neck. Um, my vision actually gets impaired the other day. It actually got blurry and because of COVID and I had just been out into a place where I hadn't decontaminated yet. I couldn't touch my eyes, usually rubbing my eyes will fix that, but it didn't, it, it couldn't do that. And my depth perception gets all screwed up. Everything seems to go flat and I've, I've got workarounds for all these things, which I'm happy to talk about, mm-hmm. but it's the one place where it seems like the danger is actually real. Um, you know, when I'm, if I'm in the grocery store and I start to have symptoms, what's the actual peril? There is none.
0: Right.
1: Um, I, I can, you know, uh, you know, whatever, I, when I'm controlling a vehicle at a high rate of speed, it seems like that's a different situation. What do you have to say about that? So
0: what I would say is I would absolutely acknowledge that you are correct when you are operating, you know, a motor vehicle at a high rate of speed and a busy Los Angeles highway. And I think this is good because the two of us live in probably the two highest traffic areas yeah. in the U.S. Marnie in Boston might might argue with us, but oh, yeah. we're in very, very <laughs> high traffic areas. Yeah. So, uh, so it's true that peril is danger, Daniela. Um, so we're, we're translating in real time. So I, I agree. It is a, there is actual danger there for, you know, in terms of, you know, the, 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 the possibility of causing an accident or having an accident, you know, yeah, that's true. However, However, so while there is more peril in the environment than there is in the grocery store, the, I think what I said to you the other day when we were talking is, so tell me exactly what you have done that has kept you from, from wrecking the car, killing yourself or, or, or somebody else when you experience panic and this, this physical impairment or what you're describing as an impairment. Have you ever been actually unable to drive the car off the freeway And then the magic question that I ask is, I I know you enough to know that you're tenacious. And then right back on the freeway, when you've decided that escape was a bad plan. You've always been able to do that, haven't you?
1: Yeah. You know, it it does seem like it follows the same internal argument that I used with things that were less scary. For instance, the other day, what we basically got around to was, okay, Jay, so when you had your fatal auto accident, how did that feel? how did that work out? Yeah. How did that work out? And it's like, wait a minute. Actually, it never has once caused me to actually wreck my car. Right. It feels for the world like it's going to, but this is a condition, a disorder that thrives on feels like Yeah. it lives in feels like the disorder is in feels like now when it starts messing with my vision, I will tell you, um, early on when I started having a problem on the freeway Mm -hmm. before I had, come to the consciousness that I'm, I have an anxiety disorder. Um, and the depth perception thing would start to happen. Everything seemed to flatten out. And, um, what I would do is I would look at the horizon and in my neighborhood, there are some mountains on the horizon Mm -hmm. and I would look there and it helped. Yeah. Um, something else I would do is I would, um, basically it's, it's, you know what it is. It's trying to achieve a state of floating while you're driving without losing consciousness of what you have to do to be a safe driver yes and i realize that i'm like holding on to the steering wheel like i like i my hands were talons and the steering wheel was my prey Um, i will find that my foot that is over to the left of the brake is actually pressing really hard into the floorboard like i'm bracing myself for impact or something yep yep um Um, I find that my entire body has gone tense. So floating is definitely something I can focus on, get your shoulders out of your ears. That's where the tension headache is coming from. Um, And here are some things that have helped. One, thinking the phrase, this freeway is just another road, Mm -hmm. has actually helped me briefly like to calm down. This is just another road. This is not different than being on a different road. Now, of course, one time when I was in the middle of that practice, Suddenly, I went into a construction zone, and there were there was literally no way to get off. Yeah, it was suddenly two lanes with cement barriers on both sides, and yeah. I just I was like, I, "To the universe, just fuck you! I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> That's it.
0: the um, universe illustrating to you like now you're gonna deal with this shit.
1: Once again, the thing I was scared of didn't happen. Right.
0: So I I think it's okay to acknowledge that the freeway is a more challenging place to do that highway, freeway, whatever we call it. it. It certainly is. There's no doubt about it. But to me, I think the better you are at the floating and accepting thing, the better the freeway driving gets. Because in the end, in the beginning, we learn to accept or surrender, whatever we want to say. Within mm-hmm. activity, sometimes I'll tell people all the time, like, well, in the beginning, probably better just stop what you're doing, sit down, lay down, whatever you got to do, and focus on surrender. But as you get really good at it, you can start to surrender while cooking dinner or while you're, you know, walking the dog or in a meeting or on the phone, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you can also get good at that even while driving 75 miles an hour in a crowded Los Angeles freeway. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That. So, I, I mean, my my counter argument against the but it but it's actually dangerous is that it is a dangerous place. However, you are. It was a dangerous place
1: with or without anxiety.
0: Correct. Right. The anxiety is true. The anxiety didn't make it any more dangerous because you've also been driving for quite a while. I, I would posit to say that maybe a newer, less you, experienced. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Did you? I think you just called me old. Did you just call me old? I
0: completely and utterly called you old. So <laughs> you and I, okay. but you and I both <laughs> been driving for a while since almost <laughs> since. Go ahead. Do it. It's almost almost since cars had fins and chrome, right? That was before Yes, us, but still, <laughs> <laughs> we're not that old, but, but inexperienced and maybe a new driver, somebody who's a little bit inexperienced, who isn't familiar with driving Los Angeles freeways, maybe there's even a little bit more of a danger, but those skills that you have developed over time in driving in high traffic areas are so well honed and it's like muscle memory. You know what to do. You're reacting almost mm-hmm. automatically. And so the, I think what's happening here is that your sense of impairment is overinflated. Like now I'm suddenly unable to manage the skill of driving, but you always have. Sure. Let's talk about the getting off the the freeway and then the getting back on the freeway.
1: Well, actually, like the other day, Drew, when I contacted you about this, because I had a a pretty bad bout while I was driving. By the way, for people who are just at the beginning of this process... I have gone, I I live like eh, eight miles, no, maybe six miles from Burbank, a different city. Mm -hmm. And that's the freeway that I'm practicing on from here to there. It's a very heavily trafficked freeway, the the five, for those who know the area. And I started by going one exit, one exit, one exit, then two exits, two exits, two exits. Now I can get all the way to the other city. And I've done it many times. It was a huge victory for me the other day. I was okay going there, just a little nervous, but okay. On the way back is when it hit. uh, And when I had the, the, the real, the real sensations and my, my fear really took over for a bit. And I kept, this is what, this is what practice has gotten me. I kept knowing for sure I'm getting off at the next exit and then not doing it. Knowing for sure that I'm going to pull over to the, the shoulder and yeah. then not doing it. I actually didn't get off and get back on. I just kept convincing myself out of and going, you know what? One more exit. Yeah. One more exit. One step at a time. Something I say to people on the board all the time, given right. many circumstances, do right. one thing at a time. So now it's going to be one exit at a time. Maybe it's going to be one quarter of a mile at a time. Maybe it's going to be until I get to that tree at a time.
0: Yeah. One light post at a time. Whatever.
1: At a time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then when you do that, you do retrain your brain. Yeah, I want to scream sometimes, Drew, because I've been practicing this for a year. Yeah, and it still happens sometimes. But what I want to, how I would argue against my complaint about that about mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It's like, well, you're driving to Burbank. You picked somebody up at the airport the other day. You've never, you haven't done that in years. Right, right. You know, and mainly because you don't like people, but also because of anxiety. Well, that's that's different. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. a different episode, but but so- the. Um,
0: the proof is overwhelming that you have the ability to drive on the highway. Even in your yeah. worst days, you had
1: the ability to, to drive
0: on the highway. True. It's overwhelming. No. And that,
1: the that, other day, the other day, I used to – I'll bust myself here. I used to um, wait to practice freeway driving until I felt great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to only do it under those circumstances. And the other day, I, the day I contacted you about it when I had the pretty bad attack, I got on specifically because I felt like hell. I was having okay. a very high anxiety day see? and, um, and I was like, well, you know what, mm, this is the next step, the next step. And I didn't need anything in Burbank about licorice. I didn't well, need to yeah. go to Burbank for licorice.
0: Clearly you did though. Uh, it's <laughs> not, <it's> licorice. <laughs> um, let's, I
1: want to see if anybody's having any questions. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm going to put this up because I know who that is. That says you drove them around. Yeah. Um, Nick. I know oh, that's, that's Nick. Nick yeah. uh, do that, dude, if you can, because then we'll see your name. Yeah, I'm 90% I'm because he said you drove from around LA, so that has to be Nick. Um, yeah. Anyway, Shailene, dude, yes. We what is-
1: briefly. Yeah, I just didn't happen to have a problem that day. Shailene, my final frontier highway driving. Um, I'm trying to put these together. The exits. Shailene, I wonder what you're saying about the exits. Are you saying that you jump off a lot, or are you saying that exiting, the action of exiting scares you? Um if you could clarify that, I'd love to talk about it, Marnie, uh, I'd love to know what you think when having no choice but do these things seems to be the solution. Example: husband has surgery, I have to drive. Okay, no choice since the driving. Uh, then driving. A man told me a scary story about dad ha- uh, having something cancer. Um, smoke cancer. I'm going to guess. Yeah, I was like California from smoking. Um, the next day, I never touched a cigarette again. Ten years now. Can we be forced into getting in, uh, getting over these things seems to work for me. I actually have an opinion about that. But, Drew, I want you to go.
0: Um, Yeah, you well, being forced isn't ideal, but but it actually does work. So like in a situation like Marnie's describing now where maybe her husband needs surgery, so she has to drive, for instance. um, Amazing how you do it. So we hear these stories again and again and again of like, oh, my God, I, you know, my dog was sick. I had to bring it to the vet or my son was I had an accident. I had to go to the hospital. Amazingly, I did it. And I had no anxiety. People say that all the time. Right. Yep. So when you are forced to actually perform a task that is real, amazingly, we just do it now whether or not that leads to lasting change is another question but the but yes you can be forced by circumstance into learning those lessons i would hope that being forced by circumstance means that you will then pick up that mantle and begin to practice that thing but having to do it once or twice is not going to solve the problem necessarily it could it can leap you forward for sure
1: it's it's a drop in the bucket of Neuro, yeah, we're all we're really talking about here drew is neuroplasticity getting sure. a new groove going a new habitual thought going that says i am safe yep i'm yep. fine this is not a threat we're getting out of the groove that we slipped into which is the disorder that always says i'm a, you're in a state of danger you're in danger yeah. you're in danger yeah. we aren't and we're getting in we're building a new groove and it it's like a path in the forest it gets deeper the more you walk it so but marnie like i my my um I had to do a driving exposure at midnight a few months ago because my dog had a seizure and I had to, I was already getting ready for bed, which is like my happy time. I'm really happy to go to sleep after some days. And I had to carry my large dog down three flights of stairs, put him in the car and get him to the vet and the whole time thinking he was dying. So it was terrifying. I did it. It wasn't comfortable, but I did it. I guarantee you the next time I have a pet emergency, because pets come with emergencies, Mm -hmm. um, I guarantee you I will have the beginnings of a groove there that says, oh, you can do this. Yeah, I guarantee you it helped. Did it solve everything? No, we very much want a panacea that's going to come in and solve everything. We have it. It just takes time. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> um, good.
0: So Marty's saying she continued that, which is exactly sometimes that being forced into it could jumpstart that, yeah. and then you do what Marty did, and and, and she's driving now. So that's really it's good.
1: still proof. We're well, all we're doing is accumulating proof that we are not in danger. That right. totally counts as proof
0: and i think i want to put holly's uh, thing on the screen here too which i think nick already answered in the comments am i the only one that gets a surge of adrenaline that feels like you have to pull no. over everybody does like a surge totally of adrenaline do. is part and parcel of anxiety and panic everybody does i used to get that too and by the way for people who don't aren't aware of the story i uh, highway driving was number one problem for me too Back in my worst days, it was I would do everything I could to drive around Long Island without getting on a highway, which sucked. Like, and you had
1: to go through the like the the Midtown Tunnel, right? Well, here. if
0: I yeah, if I was going into the city, that was even worse. I mean, I, I'm not yep. far outside of the city, but I would drive through the Midtown Tunnel. I would drive over the, the 59th Street Bridge. I would drive. You don't get
1: more traps than no, that. No,
0: no. I, I, <laughs> right, right. The Midtown Tunnel. I was talking to somebody. Did I tell you that I had a panic attack in the Midtown yeah. Tunnel? Maybe yeah. it was who we know are talking. I have I have had a swinging panic attack in the Midtown Tunnel. Um, And in the Midtown Tunnel, if you're not familiar with driving under the East River, you you are driving in a concrete tube under a river, and there is no way to get out of that tunnel. You must finish the tunnel. And there's concrete walls on one side and and stanchions on the other to keep you from changing lanes. And so you're basically playing a real-life video game while in a panic. And it turns out, like, oh, yeah, I had no problem with that. I was perfectly able to uh, control the car.
1: Bonnie asked me, could you drive at a time that's not really busy to practice or was it always that busy? It's L.A. I mean, in order to do that, I would have to do it at 3 a.m. And yeah. I ain't doing that. But yeah, yeah. my when, when now I'm to the point where driving, if, if, if traffic is going slowly, I'm fine. It's only when there's a, a, a large number of cars who are all going 70 to 80 miles an hour. That's yeah. when it sets me off. And by the way, about the adrenaline rush, every symptom you've heard me describe in this video, every symptom you've heard me describe is a result of adrenaline being dumped. That's, that's, exactly my, right. that's my body's reaction to it. The vision yeah. getting funky, all of that is normal behavior for your body. When you yeah. get a bunch of adrenaline going, your, 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 your vision changes supposedly so that you can focus better, or there are all sorts of reasons why these things happen in the body. But yeah. everything we're talking about here is the reaction to adrenaline that's all we're talking about um I wanna, comes with yeah i wanted to tip my hat to who said this uh leslie um you said uh you were in a near-death uh, car accident caused you to become sensitized 10 years ago this is my second round i have no dro- issues driving but i'm afraid of the grocery store yeah go figure yeah no no i had the grocery store thing leslie i'm going to be a little graphic for a year and a half before i started uh treating myself the way we do here before I I discovered the the Claire Weeks stuff and then Drew's podcast. Before that, I spent a year and a half feeling like I was going to, I'll put it the nice way, lose my bowels every time I went to the grocery store, every single time. I still had to go every day and that repetition eventually helped me to heal from it. It simply does not happen anymore, Leslie, and it might not take a year and a half for you. It could, now that you have these tools, it can actually go much more quickly, but it's not going to be instant. None of this is ever instant.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it takes it does take a while. And you yeah. know, I want to talk a little bit about like, back to the adrenaline rush and like we were talking about one thing at a time. So for you it was one exit at a time. It could be one quarter mile, like we were saying, one light stand at a time, whatever. Like I don't you care mean- if you have to do 10 seconds at a time. But not only are you building a, a body of evidence and repeated experiences with a positive outcome every time you do a drive, even within that drive. So when that adrenaline surge hits and you are in a panic and you are afraid and, and the, the fear lens says, I must get off this highway. I must pull over. I must stop. I must get to safety. Mm-hmm. If, give me 10 more seconds, 10 more seconds. So yep. every one of those 10 more seconds that you actually successfully drive that car in that moment. In that moment is building a body of evidence
1: that says, Oh, I'm doing this. And I have found that when I do that, Drew, it lifts as quickly as it came on. Yes, exactly. Because like, it, oh, wait a minute, I'm okay. And then it might come back in a wave, and I'm like, oh shit, 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 shit. I'm not. Oh, yeah. wait, I'm doing it again. Hold on. Right. Now do it. It's a cycle. Right. right. Practice, practice, practice. And the bottom line to this video is, I think the bottom line is in the first thing you said to me, Drew. Mm-hmm. How many times did it actually kill me?
0: Yeah, never. E- even though it's okay for us to acknowledge that being... Okay, I think we could sum this up by saying this. Being impaired while driving on a busy highway at 70 miles an hour is dangerous. However, you are not actually impaired. You, you sure. believe in your heart at that moment that you are suffering some severe impairment that has taken away your ability to function, but that is actually not true. I'm engaging even, in an
1: automatic thing. Driving, you know, you, we've it's all... We've all come to and realize we've been driving without paying attention for the last minute absolutely like that that light
0: light was green wasn't it we've all done that's
1: how automatic it is
0: (laughs) right that light was green wasn't it and every one of us has done that don't even lie if you're driving you've done that in your life so (laughs) you are especially if you are a more experienced driver it, it is an automatic thing we become so good and we are still aware of what's going on around us we really are just because the feelings in your body are so powerful and the scary thoughts are so powerful does not make them actually real So driving on the highway while impaired, really dangerous, except you're not actually as impaired as you think you are. Even if it's just the ability to get over and pull over or get off the highway, if you really felt you must do that. But let's talk for a second about getting off and getting back on. Like you are always able to pull over. So Shailene was talking about like, well, I have to change lanes from the middle lane to the slow lane. It's so scary. Scary is okay. Scary doesn't mean dangerous. But you can always, if you feel like you must get off, get off. But then- I know you've done this because we talked about this. Have you Have you done the thing where you've escaped from the freeway and then said, oh, no, 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 uh, this is not okay. I'm getting back on.
1: No, no, I will sometimes go back and drive back the same leg again. I'll mm-hmm. like do a lap. I'll be like, uh-uh. The last thing, if I have to get off or if I succumb to it, I don't want to end on that note. I want to end on, no, fuck you, anxiety disorder. <laughs> I Excellent. want to end on, uh-uh. No, I'm just going to go do another exit. Because I'm leaving this experience with a success under my belt.
0: Yeah, which is a huge, that's a tremendously almost, I'm not going to say it's an advanced technique, but yeah, Like, sorry, I'm leaving this with the idea that I just drove that last three miles that I hated so much. I'm going to do it again before I go home. Super important. But you can always navigate off the highway if you really felt that you needed to, although... You know, I would say get off the highway, collect yourself for a second, get back on the damn highway, do another exit, do one exit if you time if you have to. But you have to learn through experience that you are not as impaired as you believe that you
1: are. like with everything that we treat this way. It is always going to be a process of doing something uncomfortable repeatedly until it's not uncomfortable anymore. Every time there's not there's nothing about anxiety disorder that that doesn't apply to
0: This is a a question that comes up sometimes. Leslie always asks good questions. I wonder why in the hell dizziness would ever help us in an emergency. Well, it kind of doesn't help us in an emergency. That's true. But in Mm. the the fight or flight, the fight or flight response when there is a fight that takes place or a fleeing from danger usually doesn't include that element of dizziness.
1: I have I have some some information about that. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: It just seems that when we are first forced all, to sit in that, that's what use,
1: becomes use. We use, we use the word dizziness, but it's not mm-hmm. really dizziness.
0: Right. Right.
1: I, I sometimes use the word disequilibrium because that's a little closer, that's good. but typically in anxiety, um, Leslie, that, that experience we have, we call it dizziness because it's in the neighborhood of how it feels. It's not actual dizziness. You can stand on one foot, you can do anything right. that requires balance. Um, uh, but it is a, I think it's, a. it's a, it's a version of a dissociative state. It is actually protecting us from, from, we think we're going to freak out. I think it's a little bit of a step towards dissociation, like the derealization stuff. Yeah. I think that's what's going on there to some degree. This mm-hmm. is just from experience of, I have dizziness every single day still. Yeah. I have it right now. I just don't care very much.
0: Well, you also have to remember that from a physiological standpoint, and I don't want to turn it into like a medical thing, but from a physiological standpoint, balance or the feeling of balance is an amazing like, bit of engineering. It's amazing it's because complex. It, it involves your inner ear, the fluid in your inner ear, the receptors in your inner ear, your eyes, your, and your muscles, your entire core. Your feet, everything is involved in, in balance. That's why when you have an inner ear infection, when one of those things gets thrown off, like all it goes to pot. So when your pupils dilate and your muscle tone changes because of adrenaline, all of those things are impacted. Except your inner ear is not. But there's muscle, there's muscle tone changes, and there are vision changes, and that does impact your sense of balance. It doesn't mean you're off balance. It just means it feels different. So that that's that's a thing. I look in a Kevin. Yeah, I
1: read your note. Yeah. That's um. Uh, I drive every day driving used to give me horrible anxiety and even panic attacks. Now I can feel my anxiety at times. Um, sometimes, uh, and sometimes add a bit of second fear, the worst being seeing a stoplight in the distance. And it seems like I'm never coming close to it, Mm. but now I say, all right, let's sit with this and continue. Uh, usually it's in the morning on my way to the hospital, maybe a little underlying anxiety with working as an RN, sure, with a potential asymptomatic patient's going into surgery. Um, Sure. Um, uh, Thanks for sharing that is all I have to say to that. That wasn't a question.
0: No, no, it was, but it's a good point. Like, you know, that you can experience these uncomfortable things and still be okay with it like Kevin is clearly doing. Um, So there you go. Let's, uh, what else do we have? Did we miss anybody here? I mean, we're at 27 minutes. minutes. That's pretty good. It's Time flies, you know, when you're having
1: fun. Time flies when you're... I'm, Actually, I'm a little sweaty. What the hell? Anyway, really? Wow. I don't know you, why. You're working hard. Man. It's the chicken, um, probably. It is <laughs> the chicken. All right, guys. Um, I hope this is helpful. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Drew, for doing it. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.
0: Um, I'm going to read some Claire Weeks in another hour. So come back <laughs> in about an hour. I'm going to read the last two chapters of Hope and Help. And if you guys certainly have you know driving anxiety questions, you can continue them in the comments because the video will stay in the group. And I'm sure we'll be able to answer them as we go. So,
1: bottom line, even though I, I have little little relapses, I am so much better than I was. Yeah. Um, I still have some anxiety when driving, but I'm getting to other towns now. I'm getting there. So,
0: and, and at our Burbank, which I think is an accomplishment. I've <laughs> True. <laughs> so, all right, guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Later. Bye. Okay. Hope you guys enjoyed that. It was fun for us to record it. Hopefully, it was uh, fun and, and uh, informative maybe inspiring or motivating for you to listen to. As always, I'm going to ask a couple of favors. If you are listening on iTunes or any place where you are allowed to rate or review the podcast, then give me a rating, four stars, five stars, whatever you think, take the time to write a review. It helps, if the podcast is helping you, it helps other people find the podcast too. So that would be most appreciated. If you need to get into the Facebook group or wanna follow me on any social media or have questions, wanna contact me, theanxioustruth.com is the best place to start all the time truth.com slash links gets you to all of my links where you can find me everywhere, so use that. And as always, I will leave you with the sounds of Afterglow by Ben Drake. You can find Ben at Facebook.com slash Ben Drake Music. Always nice enough to let me use this tune, which I just love. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a good one. It's You got the feeling that you're gonna
1: win Yeah, you all doing fine Now in the city and you're living fast No looking back or dwelling on the past You know you'll never get another
0: chance So go and live